in this episode. Does the a really good leader know that they're a real good, a no. really good leader? Does a real leader know that they're a leader? At some point, in my opinion, you will. But the number one thing that I think defines a leader is somebody that can make you feel like they're fighting right beside you with it. So that captain on the team that is the biggest glue guy in the world, that he's going to be able to bring the whole team of diverse individuals together to format or go after one goal. That business leader that's able to captivate and cultivate a culture within his organization that literally makes everybody focus as one that you know the old saying is you know i will go to battle with that guy because i know at any given moment if i need him he'll be there what is up everybody welcome back to another edition of the closing pitch my name is spiker helms and this is a show about people culture and how to create a winning lifestyle dave is across from me how are you doing buddy good good i'm good going to canada i am the great leaf the maple leaf yeah but that's not what they call it well i mean we can roll with it and see if sure. they ta- see if the canadians take it the the country north of us going northbound i am uh i'm excited it should be good i'm going up there for a buddy of mine's wedding a guy i played college baseball with which always kind of goes back to the the uh the conversation we have always you know on this uh podcast that you never know where baseball is going to take you. I mean, that's kind of cool. That it now- forges relationships. Right. Like, it's crazy. Um, just the amount of people that you meet. And then next thing you know, you're on a plane going to Canada I've, or I've going never, to Mexico. I've never been to Canada. You've been to Mexico. I have for so, yours. Yes. So. But I am actually going to Canada as well right. um, in July, Winnipeg. There you go. So be the first time going up north. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm really excited because I really want to know what your experience is like with the whole deal up there. So I just wish I was going a little later in the year. It's still a little chilly for me up there. I heard it's beautiful. I heard it's, I heard it's beautiful this time of year. <laughs> I don't like it. Guys, um, this topic for today is um, something that I've been thinking about. I've been reading um, a couple books and – one of them is um, Give and Take by Adam Grant. Um, another one is Legacy. I don't know the uh, author off the top of my head, but um, I've been tweeting it out too, like things that really have like triggered my thoughts, triggered ideas. And one thing that um, I've been going through is I'm doing this the transformation challenge. Um, Dave's part of it right now. And I'm actually realizing I thought I was a really well-disciplined person. Um, not taking an objective viewpoint, more of a biased viewpoint. I think when you, you're in a rut and you don't realize you're in a rut, the next thing you know, you're kind of spiraling out of control. I wasn't spiraling out of control, but it really made me realize that taking that different outlook and looking at it, my life at an objective way, like I was eating like crap. My, my workouts weren't on point. I was actually quitting um, and saying, oh, that's good enough. I can leave now on the gym instead of actually following a plan and following it to a T and then not quitting and making sure I finish that plan for today. Right. Um, which kind of leads me into this leadership topic, which on this podcast, I have talked a lot You've, there's a whole bunch of minutes that you can listen to me just ranting on about just absolute, like to this point, not crap, but just, 
I wasn't living up to what I was talking about, right? Okay. And really looking back at it, I I think it's a good point to say that leadership starts with action and it's something that I've been trying to work on more consistently. And we've been doing a lot of cool things inside of our club. We've had a lot of staff meetings. Um, a lot of that has prompted off of um, visiting the company that we visited mm-hmm. that we talked in the past. Um, and then really writing down what we stand for. Mm-hmm. And you kind of lose that aspect like in high school and um, grade school. And then obviously the teams that I was on, we would have those type of conversations. And I really took it for granted not realizing what the power of that is. And I think that a lot of people need to kind of go through that motion, which is what do you actually stand for? And then writing that, like actually taking, taking a piece of paper, taking whiteboard, if you want to get really creative with it, have like different post-it notes and then creating something that shows what you stand for. And then like really objectively looking at it and saying, do my actions actually match that? Or am I just spewing out BS? And that's where I'm at right now with this conversation is like, what, what are we doing here? What is, what is, what are we trying to do? How do you know? So like that's it, it's all good and well to kind of be able to take a step back and look at that from a perspective standpoint and whether you're talking about leadership or just defining you as a human being and what your purpose is and and what you're trying to do I've always kind of found and I'd love to hear what you think on this I, I've always found that I don't ever come to those points without like something totally happening that opens my eyes like maybe I'm just not a good person that looks back and reflects on who I am or what I'm doing and how I'm approaching certain things. I mean, I always try to do the right things and everything else like that and help out as much as I can. And, and that's what we do with the program. But, you know, sometimes those changes, it's hard to understand when that needs to happen. Cause you're just so caught up in the day to day, you know, like there's no chance, like the, the kind of movement and, and changes that we're having taking place within our program right now that, that you know, we're getting ready to kind of promote more on an aggressive standpoint of, of where this program, this club, this this business and everything else, where it's going in the future and what we stand for as, as human beings. But if you would ask me that same question a year ago, I don't know if I would have said what I would say today. Well, I think you get into this motion of like, I can do everything. Like I can, I can put my head down and just work my tail off and I'll end up getting to the spot. But in reality, you need your community behind you to get to anywhere that you go. But you know, you know, what's kind of interesting. So like I haven't read the book, the, the legacy book that you're reading yet, but I kind of understand a premise on it. Um, and it, the basis is behind the New Zealand all blacks, which is the world's number one rugby team and uh, probably ever created every year. They're just number one and they kind of set the standard. Right. But so you learn a lot from the top. Okay. And I always kind of think that these situations, and when we're talking about leadership, one of the very, very most important principles that I've found when I'm trying to learn from someone is to really kind of take a, a grasp and get an idea of, of everything that person's accomplished. Uh, normally you learn from people who've already been there before, before you, right? So 
you know, whether that's the, the all blacks or whether that's, you know, one of the best coaches in the world, you know, the Nick Sabans of the world or uh, Tim Grover, who's, you know, trained those types of guys. I mean, the people that have always had the biggest impact on me have been able to literally relate to right where I am now. Like they've always been able to tell me like, Hey, I have been there. I know exactly where you're at, whether that was when I was playing. Okay. So like guys who have been out of the game for a little bit, I was related better to them because they could be like, I know where you're at, man. I know like the frustrations you're feeling. I try to translate that to my players. Like I try to literally deep dive into try to find out where they're at in life and what they're feeling because then I can really help them. Then I can tell them I've been there and here's how I worked my way out of that or here's how I pivoted or here's the, the resource or the information area that I would go to to get that, that answer that's going to help you. Um, but those are the people that I've always, like, I've always gravitated towards are the people who could relate back to where I was. But what makes a good leader? Broad question. I mean, there's so many things that go into it. Because um, like, here, here's, here's, well, here's the biggest misconception. Like in a social media world, everyone thinks that – I wouldn't say everyone. That's not a fair assessment. But it seems like the narrative right now – I think that's a way, way better way of explaining it. I think the narrative right now is that a person that has a mic that can talk or has a platform that literally can tweet out anything – is a leader, but that's not the, that's not the case. Like, um, one of the examples in Adam Grant's book is Abraham Lincoln. Like that dude just gave all the way up. I shouldn't say dude, our Mr. President gave all this information, all this giving all the way up because his main goal was to help humans. His main goal was to help the country. And then he just, he lost and lost and lost and lost. And then finally he ends up getting that one win and then he ends up taking that term. I, I, I don't have the details. I'll write it in the description. But then when he gets to a point where he can run for U.S. Senate, he ends up losing because he removes himself because the greater good was to let the other person win because another person, uh, a third candidate came in at the last second mm-hmm. and he was gaining momentum. So the only way that he would have beaten him is be able to take the sword, lost, and the other person he was competing with won the Senate seat. Fast forward, he ends up winning the Senate seat because he did that mm-hmm. and then ends up becoming president. So I think everybody views leadership differently. I'm going to give you my perspective on it. I gravitate towards leaders who, one, have been through what I am already doing, like I just mentioned. Okay, like I want to learn from people who are above me. I want to learn from people who have more experience than me. Okay, so generally that's where I gravitate towards. But the Relata- biggest, relatable kind of it, it helps me because then our communication is so much better on it. Or I can I can visualize. Okay, this was the next step that they did, or this was the pivot, or this was the information I should be learning and, and taking in right now. Wh- but which the, I do have a follow up question for that. But yeah, go ahead. But the number one thing that I think defines a leader is somebody that can make you feel like they're fighting right beside you with it. So that captain on the team that is the biggest glue guy in the world, that he's going to be able to bring the whole team of diverse individuals together to format or go after one goal. That business leader that's able to captivate and cultivate a culture within his organization that literally makes everybody focus as one, that – you know, the old saying is, 
you know, I will go to battle with that guy because I know at any given moment, if I need him, he'll be there. And that he's literally taking, or she is literally taking an invested interest into your life, into your time, into what you're doing. Like those are extra steps that I think a lot of people forget. Like the, the time to just sit down and talk to someone and ask them how their day's going and really kind of feel like, you know, hey, how can I help? How can I be a part of your life? Like people want to, you, you said people have big audiences now and they want to get on a mic and they want to spew facts or what they deem as facts, right? But if you don't have the follow-up, all you're doing is being loud. Like the follow-up has to be a crucial aspect because you might pique someone's interest with some of the information you're spouting or that you've written into a book or that you're using in a podcast format. You, you might you know, get some interest there going, but I'm more interested in the follow-up at that point. I want to have the conversation. I want to then really understand, well, what, what, what do you like about that information? How does that apply to your life or your business or your team or your game and what you're doing? And then, you know, like, for example, we put out that, that video of me talking about counts the other day, the, you know, when to add in pitches to your repertoire. Mm -hmm. And I kind of gave a different perspective than just the old, you know, age thing. But I wanted to kind of go a step further because I was generally interested in, in the people who wanted that info. So I kind of put like a little thing out there. Please come at me with questions. I'm happy to answer. And not that I, I hope they viewed it as some, some good information, but you know, well, you actively led, went into the post and that, actually said, Hey, this is who I am. Yeah. This is what I've done. It's not like you're hiding behind. Like I figure the ivory towers, you're not hiding in an ivory tower, which I think ivory towers nowadays is holding a mic, holding a camera, um, anything that deals with like a written word, but then you don't respond. Like that's yeah. ivory tower. I always view influencers or people that are in higher stat status than, than I am and they don't respond. It's like, all right, are you really the real deal? Or are you just saying stuff? Yeah. And I mean, I, I just want, I just think it's that extra mile. I just think going that extra little, you know, step to where that led to a couple cool phone conversations for me that led to a couple neat little notes back and forth and and one was an email and one was this and you know i hope that information helps and then i what i really kind of hope is that it develops a culture where they feel like they can reach out again if they need something and i don't honestly i don't even know if these people are part of our club or anything that that's totally fine if they're not i just think that it you're there to help but the best again best leaders are like those guys that will just go the extra mile to build the relationship because then it means so much more. Does the, a really good leader know that they're a real good, a no. really good leader? Does a real leader know that they're a leader at some point? In my opinion, you will. I think you'll find yourself. I think, I think you'll find yourself one day doing a lot of the same things that you just have been doing in order to help people. And then you'll kind of take a step back and be like, man, I have a, pretty decent impact on these people's lives. You know, again, whether it's a team, like you're not going to know at the start. You know, I think honestly, when you're, when you're just getting into it, you know, you should listen as much as you can to the people who are ahead of you. You should ask as many questions as you can. And then you're going to get to a point where you're in the situation where you might put a couple actions out there and start to try to develop it. And, and 
trust me, I've been like wrong and bad at this a million times, and I'm sure I will be in the next 10 to 15 years of my life or whatever. I guarantee I'm going to make mistakes, but I think that action point is so crucial. You know, be the coach who wants to like throw throw something out there that you believe in at that moment that you think is going to help people. And again, whether it's right or wrong, the action is what matters. And then you'll really kind of develop your routine and your system and how you try to talk to different types of people because that's important too. The, the, that kind of language mm-hmm. is different with everybody. And then, then you'll really start to, as time goes and you develop as, as a person really, you will start to understand how to connect at a deeper level, which is that's the that's the key unlock right there. That's the point where you can really make a change and impact someone. And so that's like at that moment, you kind of look back and I don't know if you ever want to look at yourself as like put it in your resume. I'm a great leader, but like maybe look back and be like, ah, I think I've really impacted some people. You know, that's what it's about. Like the leader title gets thrown around too much because there's a million of them in the world. Right. And I think everybody has like 20, 30 different people they go to for different things in their life. You know, whether it be your, your parents, your friends, your mentors, your, you know, people that you read about. Yeah. There's just so many different areas, but Again, when you can say you've made the impact, I think that's what true leadership is. I personally think that the leader doesn't know that they're really a leader until the very end. Yeah, for like sure. They, it, that's what becomes their legacy is that they for were sure. a leader. Um, like when you think about, I, I just kind of put my shoes in like Abraham Lincoln's sho- like shoes and say, do you think he really thought that he was really a leader? Like he was very uncertain of himself and a lot of characteristics. And then all of a sudden he's, he's just trying to do the right thing and he provided more action than actual words um, after reading Lincoln on leadership and obviously getting another reference from um, Adam Grant. It just, it's, it's interesting when someone comes out and says, Oh, I'm in a leadership position. It's like, well, are you, are you handling it the right way? The action is what makes the words valuable. A hundred percent. The action that that has to be the key again, like like saying that you're a leader, it doesn't mean anything. Like, yeah, you're in a leader, you're in a leadership position, but are you really a leader? Like, would, are you just having a title? I also think you'd find that most true leaders and people who are, have a huge impact and influence on over other people, yeah, would never say that type of stuff. I don't think they, I don't think they, they wouldn't have to. Would be my opinion. Well, my here's opinion. here's an example at Missouri State, um, my junior year, I came in on the. In, inside the team and one of the guys came up to me like hey i voted you for captain captain i'm like why did you vote for me as captain and he's like because you're doing all the right things and i and i thought that was weird and I actually i was hoping that i wouldn't be captain because i i just wanted to worry about my craft and worry about the my other teammates right and then senior year they voted me in as captain and it was like i really didn't like that title. I just wanted to be one of the dudes. I just wanted to be one of the guys. And if, if people thought that I was doing it the right way, great. But I was never that guy that was going to speak out. I was not going to be that guy that was the speaker leader that comes out and voices his opinion and say, hey, let's go attack that hill. Where right. I think a lot of people go wrong when they, when they get that leadership type of position. They start dictating to people, hey, you need to do this. You need to do that. Rather than kind of like, providing that action first it goes right back to are you doing it with them or are you telling them to do something 
just because you have a lot of experience, just because you've been there before, doesn't necessarily give you the right or mean that that should be the approach you should take of just saying, hey, because I've been here, dude, I'm the key, ma- I'm the I'm the master of all information. You better listen to what I say. That that's not going to get people on your team. That's going to generally push more people away. I do think that's an approach, though, that I think where a lot of people mess up. You know, like I see it in the youth coaching industry. It's where you know I've been a youth coach for six to seven, eight years, and and because of that amount of experience, now everything I say is gold. That and, doesn't mean Jack player. If you don't listen to me, you're wrong, and we got you know you're either gonna get banished from the team or you're you're you know whatever. That's I see that all too often, and I don't really think that again is the right approach because there is no one all for everybody. Everybody's different, and again, if you really want buy-in, every single culture again, best teams in the world, uh, best business cultures that you've ever seen, just anything it's all because they're there with each other and that's done as a systematic approach from the people at top because Mm -hmm. i bet you if you get into that situation you will never ever feel like they are better than you that they are above you that they are not willing to do the same things as you that you know well the leader the leader thinks that it's one it's like i'm side by side i'm an equal what it should be that that that's how they that's how they view it whenever someone spouts off their experience like when it's unsolicited yeah um because there are certain circumstances where you do have to relay the information that hey this is where i've been this is what i've done but in the right context of the conversation it can't be like literally coming out and being like you have to believe me because i did i was the head of this i was did this i was seven times of this it's like no one cares what are you going to do for me now? That's what's so beautiful about the game of baseball is like you went 0 for 4 yesterday, but what can you do for me now? You went 4 for 4 with four home runs, but what can you do for me now? Like it, it's that type of mentality and it's weird how the game like kind of breeds that into you and kind of breeds leadership, mm-hmm. but it's just, it just puts it in perspective that your voice is weaker than your actions. Your actions have to be extremely strong. That's the whole thing. It, it's, it's it, it. Like I've said it before. It it unlocks everything else you want to accomplish. And what what is kind of interesting to me, and I I only kind of find this out as I get older, and I I find little tidbits here and there, and I'm sure I'll learn more as I as I age. <clears throat> the quick fix type of situation, or the quick uh, leadership model, or that. I'm going to influence you now and walk away type of thing. Like that just never gets it going. It's always the long route, right? It's like, what's well, the, it's like the circle, right? So like point A is here, point B is here. Which route are you taking? Are you going to go right to point B or are you going to go this way to point B? It's the whole, uh, do what I do what I say, but don't do what I do. Like, <laughs> I remember one of the pro guys, uh, my first rookie season, he said that, um, about our manager and we were just kind of complaining about it and he goes spike it's one of those things and do what i say but don't do what i do and i was like jesus <laughs> it's just i i want to surround myself and this will be this one of the last things i need to say on this because i think i'm repeating myself but i want to surround myself with people that that just will like look for that situation where they can go the extra mile like yeah like 
especially in today's world where you can get everything you want in a matter of seconds. Like, well, also, the leader, um, the leader surrounds himself or herself with people that contradict them as well. Like they're willing to they take, have to. They're willing to take because those. They have to learn. Yeah, they don't. They don't get. They want to be able to have those opposing viewpoints. Yeah, I think that's where you can win. Is like you bring on people that not necessarily are enemies, but are people that disagreed with you and maybe have called you names and you bring them in because you think that they're the best person for the job. That's a huge um, leg up on true leaders. Well, you want to know like one of the, one of the times as a coach that I felt like I've always had the biggest impact is after the game. I think like there are times with players that I can either agree or disagree with what they did, their actions in the games, and sometimes we'll try to use those teachable moments in the games. And I can tell 100% that sometimes players are frustrated, and I get it because it's a frustrating game at times, or they can get frustrated with me. To go to the point of going the extra step, I've always found like I've had the biggest impact once the game is done because now technically my time as coach is done, right? Technically, I'm not on the field. I'm not coaching you. Uh, we're not in a cage. We're not doing anything. But when I've been able to be like, hey, dude, let's stick around and let's just chat in the bleachers for a little bit, you know, and, and let's really talk this out. And I want to hear from where you were coming from. Or it could be around anything. It doesn't have to be something that happened in that game. It could be something that's happened in their life. Or it can be anything that we, we interact with on them on a daily basis. But when we've taken that, like, extra 30 minutes, hour, however, whatever long, right, I always felt like that made a much more massive impact than anything else that I did on the field because now they understand, like, man, like, number one, he cares. Number two, he's willing to take time out of his day. Like, I think when you get to the mature standpoint of your of your life where you really understand how much how time is so valuable to people, you really, really get a good idea of when someone cares because they're taking the, that precious time out of their day for you. Well, when you go face to face, you really know yeah. who the person is. Sure. It's like uh, whenever you have a problem with somebody, you always want to do it face to face. You never want to do it over email or text. Might, might not be easiest, but it's the one. It, that oh, cares. it's it's extremely awkward. It can be. Um, <clears throat> that's when you really tr- truly know um, the maturity of a person. Mm-hmm. When if there's a rift or a problem, and then you enter into a room, and they enter in a room, or you go into like a party, and they're in a party, whoever's able to talk to each other, that's the maturity right. there. Um, but again, and also on problems and pressure, that's when you really know who someone is too. Sure. When you increase the problems and pressure, that's when the true colors of a person comes out. Right. Right. No. I mean, there's so many good points. So I just, I love the people that take the extra time. Yeah. That's what I meant to. Guys, um, that's this episode of the closing pitch. Um, again, it it was one of those sessions where I just wanted to rift on a, on the mic, uh, a lot of thoughts came into my head. I hope, I hope this podcast had some type of type of sequence to it. You know what I think this is? This this is going to be one of those podcasts where you get two hundred different listeners, and I think everybody's going to take one little segment out of it that maybe hits on with that. Yeah, and I kind of liked it because it was more of like a vulnerable conversation for me because like I had no idea where this was really going to go. It was more of just. Hey, these are the problems that I'm facing, and these are the thoughts that are coming into my head, mm-hmm. and this is what I kind of define leadership as and what leadership isn't. And also like solving problems with people. Cause I think we're just not having enough conversations around that and like kind of noticing it around the facility and just like in real and like life outside of baseball, um, just in friendships. And then also 
people that have problems with me or I have problems with them. Um, I just don't think we talk about it enough and then actually do the face to face. Um, like one conversation I had that I had a, there was a, someone had a problem with me and I was like, let's have a conversation in person, but they want to have it over email. And I was like, why are we doing it mm-hmm. over email? Right. That doesn't make any sense. Like if you have a problem with me, let's talk about right. it. Like I'm not going to chew your head off. I'm not going to cause a fight. Like, um, let's just talk it out. And if we come to a conclusion of like, Hey, you still don't like me, then that's what, it, that's the conclusion. Right. <laughs> so anyways, guys, mm-hmm. um, I hope, I hope this podcast episode was interesting and made sense and hopefully it stirred some questions in your head. And, um, we'd love to have the conversation. Like Dave said, we want to start opening up more. We want, we want to engage with you guys. Um, so go email us. Uh, mine is spiker at rawlingstigers.com. Um, Dave's is D Berkby at rawlingstigers.com. Also we're, I'm totally open to do this on, on the social networks. Like I don't care if it's out in the public because if it's out in the public, people are going to learn from us and they're going to be able to jump in on the conversation. We're going to make, make our community a little bit better. Um, example in our podcast about umpires. That's one thing that was kind of like a red flag to me is like no one talking about this because everyone's afraid they're going to get lashed on social media. Mm-hmm. I don't care if I get lashed on social media. You can drag my name through the dirt. I don't care as long as I'm trying to help people. Um, that's all I care about. And if I can go to bed at night thinking that I help people, then I'm good. So um, if you guys want to have that conversation on social media, my Twitter handle is at Spiker Helms. Dave's is at David underscore Berkby. Your handles are all over the place. It's all over the place. I think someone had like at Dave Berkby or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I just always throw the underscore in there. So it seems to work. All right, guys. Subscribe to the channel. Um, give us a rating. Five stars preferably. You can watch this podcast on Spotify and on YouTube. See ya. See you guys.